0: In their problems to me for as long as I can remember. I have one of those faces that just says, tell me what's going on. And now I have one of those podcasts that says, go ahead, tell me what's going on. Welcome to Mess in Progress. Hello and welcome to Mess in Progress with myself, Gina Briona, my lovely co-host slash everything person, Catherine G. Mendoza. Catherine, say hi to the people. Hello. You look so cute. You look so cute.
1: No, I... I... I'm embracing spring with my pink. You guys can't see me. If you watch our clips on IG, I'm wearing like a springy pink. You know what I mean?
0: And And it looks super cute and your hair is like kind of wet and you're giving me heavy Selena vibes.
1: I'm giving you heavy uh, uh, beach vibes.
0: Beach vibes. I think it's the rolled up sleeves that's giving me the Selena vibes. Like I love that, like that style. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh my God, I have to burp. I'm such a lady. Girl, yes. I have a confession to make. Confessions of uh,
1: Gina Brio.
0: Confessions of a lazy heifer. I have not worked out in over a month. Right. I have not. The only workout I'm getting is anxiety. <laughs> like that's the only work because my heart starts racing. Brain and heart. There you go. See, There you go. First of all, I'm the worst person to train. Let's start there. I am bratty. I Like if it's something I find fun Okay, here's the thing Like I love boxing I love MMA I love all that stuff Like when I'm doing stuff like that I'm down I'm down for whatever But when it comes to weight training Let me explain my hatred for weight training So my trainer, Louis Shout out to Louis Novas uh, He is so patient with me Because I told him from jump I said when we do weight training I'm going to cuss you out Oh, I was was up front I was like I'm going to straight cuss you out I hate weight training so much
1: mean by cussing like give me the extent you don't
0: have to say it but like give me the extent to where the cusses might get to oh the extent to the cusses might get to i mean it's literally like i'm gonna need you to shut the fuck up like it's literally like that like where i was like i need you to understand that i am horrible when it comes to weight training
1: you're gonna abuse him verbally
0: i was like so you're down with verbal abuse right cool.
1: Cause that's what you signed up for,
0: buddy. (laughs) And he's like, well, I'm Dominican. So (laughs) he could dole it out too. So trust me, he, he has this way of dealing with me that is so like, he'll make me laugh. He's like super goofy. So like when I'm being a brat, he'll just say something he'll make a corny joke and then laugh at it. And I'm like, I hate you. I hate you so much. Like, why are you doing like, he really does work well with my stank attitude. But I haven't seen him in like a month. And the other day I was hitting him up, and I was like, "Yeah, I gotta get back in the gym. You I've know, been a lazy booty. What did he say? He said Monday, ten thirty. <laughs> <laughs>
1: See, I don't think I. I think I like did one personal training session. You know those free ones?
0: Yeah, I dig it.
1: And my thing is, I, I don't like how on the fly it feels. Because sometimes I know that they have programs, but sometimes I feel like they're like, you know what, I'm going to make you do this this time. And I don't like that. So I, you know what I mean? I'm like, no, do what you set to do. Don't just like in the middle of it decide, because I almost feel like you're deciding to torture me. That's what I think the change is. I don't think the change is to benefit me. You know what I mean? They're like, let's just really, you know, uh, uh, enhance her core workout. No, I think they were like, you know what? It's looking easy for her today. Let's torture I don't do that. So classes for me. I like small classes.
0: I don't like classes because I don't like other people. Uh, I, I. But I understand what you mean about the improv, like the the whole improvising during a workout thing. Because i blame my man, man, this is improv. This is not improv, bro. I need you to tell me what we're going to do today, and not just come up with stuff on the spot. The only exception I'll make is like my former trainer, Freddie uh freddie may he rest in a, a workout peace because i have not seen him or worked out with him in forever so i assume he has evaporated and left this planet uh and he better not be training no other hoes uh oh,
1: you wish <laughs> no money upon freddie
0: yeah i wish no money upon freddie none none you disappeared from my life you get no money no ends no nothing oh, <laughs> sorry Freddie uh, he used to do this thing where when I would complain about a workout if I was like man I don't want to do push ups he'd be like okay and I knew something worse was coming when he said okay I knew so- he'd be like okay then do 10 burpees and I'd be like I'll just do the push ups
1: <laughs> i changed my mind what, what kind of what kind of um, little kid like you know when a little kid like I don't want to eat that and then your parent like punishes you with that see no I <laughs> am no I am a you know, it's been a while, but um, I, I'm, I'm a soul cycle, in the dark, crying my feelings out. There's, <laughs> there's 12 of us in there. You know what I mean? The instructors, I usually enjoy um, a male gay instructor. I just feel they have the vibe I'm going for. You know what I mean? They know when to push me to tears, when to hype it up. Like, it's a good experience. But I like the fact that it's not one-on-one.
0: Mm, I I need the one-on-one for focus because if I'm in a group setting, I'm like, man, I ain't doing these leg raises.
1: (laughs) No, I can be competitive in my my head. Oh. For instance, if I see the person next to me is like going in, I'm like, girl, you got to go in. Like, and then also it doesn't hurt that like when you start doing expensive like programs, so whether it's like a trainer or whether it's like a soul cycle, says soul cycles not cheap. I always then be like, uh, $34 class, Catherine, $34 class. And that's that that motivates me because I'm like, I didn't pay the money to yeah. not do. It. You know what I mean? To it's not get why, it in. It's also why I steal conditioner. <laughs> but that's a different story. <laughs> why?
0: The views I of mess that. and progress do not reflect Catherine's actions as soul cycle.
1: What? If you go to SoulCycle, they have a personalized Layla Bow. If you don't know what Layla Bow is, it's like a a perfume brand. I don't know if they're in other places, but in New York City, there's different ones. And they make custom smells using like specific variety that they have. SoulCycle has a custom smell for their shampoo, their cream, and their conditioner. And their body wash. Have I taken a little conditioner with me? Yes, I have. $34,
0: well spent. It's scandalo. Louis also has a signature scent. It's called sweat. Um, (laughs) And it's gross. I smell disgusting after those classes. After those uh, sessions, I smell disgusting. I will say this though. It's always worth it in the end. And here's where I get mad at myself because I fall off the wagon workout wise. And then when I want to get back into it, it's like I want to go 100%. And my body's like, first of all, ho, stop right there. First of all, we are 41 years old. Your knees don't do that no more. Your knees don't knees. Yeah. My knees don't knees. My elbows don't elbows. My back don't back. Everybody got a new assignment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that assignment is just be in pain. Just hurt. Just hurt and crack and make weird noises anytime you move. That's my that's my whole body has been reassigned. They're,
1: they're like it's they're all about survival.
0: Yeah, that's it. They're just like, look, we're just trying to survive. Can you just do some crunches and then eat a pretzel and call it a day? Like, <laughs> my abs are like, hold up, hold up. Remember the baby part? Like, we had a baby. So, can this she do that. a crunch and then call it a day? Just call it a day.
1: This is why I'm a full advocate for silver shoes workouts.
0: What, what silver shoes workouts?
1: What
0: do you think I think it's a workout for older people, for <laughs> older ladies.
1: Listen, the way I discovered silver shoes, I used to have a membership at New York Sports Club. And I was, you know, you could, at New York Sports Club, when you have a membership, you could take whatever class you wanted. And so I normally, at, at those classes, would take a UFC class. But I was having one of my, I have scoliosis, I have like um leg spasms, Um, I was having I was coming off of one of those. So I didn't want to do a really crazy workout, but I also didn't want to just go to the gym. And I saw something that said Silver Shoes, um, low low intensity kind of workout. And I was like, okay. I just thought Silver Shoes was a cute name for it. No, no, no. When I got there, the Senoras were all there. And they all looked at me. And I must have been like 22, 23. They were like,
0: oh, is this how the instructor?
1: they looked at me like i invaded
0: their space
1: like wow. how da- who invited you
0: you how can't- dare you by the way i laughed so hard at silver shoes that a moco flew out my nose <laughs> you froze for me oh you froze for me too you froze for me too, but you froze cute. You always freeze cute. I feel like I always freeze, like, mad ugly. But you always, it's like you know you're going to freeze at some point, so you always be on your cute game, yo. No,
1: not at all. Um, I actually think I, it's funny because that's a perception thing. You think you freeze ugly. I think I freeze
0: ugly. But you yes, don't yeah. think each other freezes ugly. We're like, no,
1: you freeze mad cute. And, there, and I'm over here thinking, I'm like, huh?
0: nope you always be freezing mad cute bro it's unfair your frozen face be mad cute i feel like i would be freezing i'll be like (laughs) or like when the moco flew out my nose because you said silver shoes you said silver shoes that moco said (laughs) bye-bye i don't even know where it went that moco got a new life somewhere
1: (laughs) as a family a colony
0: (laughs) colony of mocos yo my husband side note we'll get back to silver silver shoes in a second My husband asked me the weirdest question the other day. He was like, what are you going to do if Jaden wants an ant farm? And I was like...
1: Do you want an ant farm? I don't
0: care. (laughs) Like, sir, do you want one? I was like, I don't care. He's like, yeah, but I know you don't like bugs. I said, yeah, but it's not about me. If he wants an ant farm, he can have an ant farm. But if they get out, it's a wrap for them. They all going to get murked if they get out of that farm. It is a wrap. I will murder each and every one, execution style. Just line them up. Bah, 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 bah. To the wall. <laughs> I,
1: I, within that reference, yes, I am about to restart watching Handmaid's Tale. The new season <laughs> came out yesterday.
0: Girl, I saw... Uh, a preview for it. And I have only watched like, I remember I watched the first episode of Handmade Sale and I was like, I need to be emotionally ready to watch this. I'm like, I am not emotionally ready to watch this right now because I watched the first one and it. I was like, <gasps> it gave me such anxiety. And I think I watched like two more episodes and I was like, I need to take a break. I need to take a break. I need to take a break. This is this too much. I didn't feel that way. Oddly. I okay. just
1: felt- I, 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 it's weird because I wonder if somebody were to watch it for the first time now after the pandemic, how it would be, you know what I mean? Cause I watched it. That's a, that's pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. So this post-apocalyptic kind of idea that felt very like, I mean, could it happen? Like, you know what I mean? But now after going through a pandemic to any degree, we're like, anything could happen.
0: Like anything could happen. We, we on the way. That's a study guide now. That's a documentary now. That's not just a show, that's a documentary. You seen that Handmaid's Tale documentary? <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: It's so choro. I was traumatized. I was traumatized. I really was. I'm gonna have to go back. Uh I'm gonna have to talk more about this uh with my therapist later on. Just talk to him about Handmaid's Tale and be like, this is the effect that it had on me. Speaking of therapy, you know what's crazy to me? that there's still a stigma amongst Latinos about therapy and going to therapy. Like so many Latino families, even when I had told my parents that I was going to therapy, I think the reaction was like, Oh, like therapy, like it's got this negative connotation and like, I've been going to therapy to deal with my past trauma you know, and it didn't start off with me dealing with my past trauma. It started off with me going through this really bad breakup and trying to figure out how to move on. And then we delve into, you know, why I was in a toxic relationship and where that stems from and my ideas of of men and how to deal with them and and all and avoidance and self-esteem and all these things that you delve into after that. And I think it's such, I think it's so healthy for someone to go to therapy, but there's still so much of a stigma amongst people of color for going to therapy.
1: Mm -hmm. I think it's just, you know, uh, get through stuff, that mentality, like you just got to get through it. Um, There's also the what happens in the house stays in the house mentality. Um, And then the trust, you know, because I think that a lot of it does stem from like, I mean, I can't speak for black families, but I'm pretty sure there's a similarity in this sense. Mm -hmm. When you come from Latino households, especially undocumented households, I can honestly say that I feel like there's a lot of, um, uh, we can't speak about things because you never know who like trust. You never know who they're going to tell. You know what I mean? Even though it's like, no, their job, it's their job. They're not supposed to tell.
0: Or you're being dramatic or it wasn't that big of a deal. Like, why are you bringing that up? Like, they downplay everything.
1: And then I think the final one is, um, and this is universal, the fact that uh, when you think of a patriarchal society, since men aren't actually encouraged to express themselves and talk about their feelings, if we live in a society that's mostly dominated by patriarchal views, then you can see where the stigma comes from. Because it's not that women don't feel encouraged. But the household traditionally has been a male household. Therefore, figure your stuff out on your own. I think that's where it all comes from.
0: Yeah, that's very true. Um, Because there's so much machismo amongst the Latino community, it very much is like suck it up, buttercup, where it's like, I mean, I've had people tell me that their parents have legit said to them it really wasn't that bad. And they're talking about like, manipulation, emotional abuse, physical abuse, even sometimes where they're like, it really wasn't that serious. And you're like, this is ridiculous how much we downplay stuff. And then we wonder why we grow up and we have all this crap, all this gunk that we need to get out of our system before we can have healthy, productive relationships with people.
1: Right. Right. Um, You know, that denial is another thing. Mm -hmm. Denial. I think I'm very abnormal. My mother put me in therapy when I was very young. Um, she found she found the need for her to go to therapy. Therefore, she saw the need for us to go to therapy.
0: That's beautiful.
1: In that sense, I'm different.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I do know a lot of people who are in that situation. My brain understands it because I have the yes and the deals like that. But my brain doesn't understand it on a personal level. You know what I mean? Where I'm like... I guess uh, to to some degree, I'm like, I'm very fortunate to have a parent who is the complete opposite. Like, I don't, I've never had this conversation with my dad, but I'm pretty sure he is of the, you know, no, why do you need that? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, cause he, you know, they internalize things. I wouldn't do that. So why do you, and then what are you going to say about me? That whole thing. And it's like, I don't know. We'll see, you know,
0: stay tuned. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think people think, um, especially parents, like the the fear is my kids are going to, my kid's going to hate me. Everything's going to be my fault. And I think what happened with therapy, at least when I went and we discussed my childhood and my parents, what it made me realize more than anything else was that my parents are human beings. They are people. They were people before they were my parents and they are flawed. That doesn't mean I love them any less. That doesn't mean I judge them anymore. It means I understand that just like I have flaws and I drop the ball and mess up and forget things and can be selfish and all that stuff that humans are subjected to. That means my parents are subjected to that, too. It's possible for them to do all of that. And it actually gave me a greater understanding of my childhood and of them as individuals.
1: Mm -hmm. I think that's wonderful. I just think that's unique because of your pro- you're probably extremely open and willing, right? Where I think then there's other people who might take the step to go into therapy, but won't necessarily be the most honest, won't necessarily be the most open, and to some degree are still protecting themselves as if to like, um, I don't want to uh, look bad in front of this person. Where it's like this person's job isn't to judge you, right? They're a human being. So, yes, I'm pretty sure they judge you. <laughs> but their job isn't to judge you. Their job is to help you, help you figure out where it's coming from, why it's happening, and then what is a solution to get you to point from point A to point B. You cannot get to the point B if you ain't telling them to point A. Mm-hmm. That's a lot, or if you're only telling them selective things. So for instance, like when we're talking about childhood, if it's only, but my parents, but my this, but my that, you know what I mean? It's like I'm, you have to know the fine line of there are certain things, and I hate to say this, but there are certain things that are your parents' fault. Right? Fault is not a calling them bad. It's just fault because a choice they made wasn't necessarily the best choice. They well, probably yeah. it
0: And moved on. Even when my ex, my ex had a fat burn mark on his arm from the iron because his mom walked away from him for like a second. Didn't think he was going to mess with the ironing board. He did. He got burned with the iron. Like, it's like stuff like that is going to happen. You're going to say the wrong thing. You're going to do the wrong thing because you're a human and you're going to get frustrated. Like my son is an infant and I get frustrated with him when he can talk and has an attitude and all that. Like, yeah, that's going to change the game for me. And it's like, no, that person, and it did take me a while to fully open up to my therapist, but it wasn't like, it's like I started where I wanted to, not where he probably thinks I should have started. And I'm like, yeah, I want to start here and then slowly work up the courage to tell you about that. Mm. Where it's like, I need time to work up the courage to get there because I'm having issues accepting it myself like even in terms of my past relationship, the first time my therapist had said to me, you were in an abusive relationship. I went, no, I wasn't.
1: Right. Because of how you define
0: abuse. Exactly. I was like, I'm, I'm a smart person. Like, why would I be in an abusive relationship? Like, doesn't make any sense to me. And then like going through it again and realizing and, and having that acceptance, like it did a lot for me, but it was a painful process.
1: Right. Right. I think that's so interesting because like I'm the complete opposite where I'm like, uh, I'm going to test you out. Like I'm going to come in strong. How do you, you know what I mean? Like I, I, I do that sometimes. Like I've done that. I have, I need a new therapist now. Um, but I also have done things where I also noticed that in therapy, I'm a control freak Mm. by that. I mean, it's not that I control the information I share. I go in, I kind of, this is something I'm gonna try to work on with a new therapist, which is I treat it like I'm a producer. I go in and I'm like, I know what I wanna talk about. I know what I wanna tackle. And I know what I can't figure out on my own. Help me with that. I'm producing it. That's Mm -hmm. my thing. And so I don't have an issue sharing, right? Because if they go, well, then tell me about your mother. Okay. Right. Because I think all that information is useful to what my objective is. Yeah. The thing is, I don't let people psychoanalyze me um, unless I have nothing I'm trying to figure out.
0: Do you think that you don't let people psychoanalyze you because you're afraid of what you'll find out about yourself?
1: No, no. I, I, I just I don't like small talk. That's my problem.
0: You consider it small talk?
1: I consider it small talk when I don't feel like we're tackling anything. I think we're, I feel like we're talking. Mm -hmm. I'm very about like, it's so funny because I'm the opposite of other people where other people are like, I don't want to get too deep. So let's just talk and see where it goes. I'm like, I want to get deep. Don't go on the surface here with me. And that's why I don't, I consider it small talk Hmm. because I look at it as no uh, I know what my issues are. Like, I know where, I don't know how to explain this. My friend once told me, you have been going to therapy so long. You know, you have all the tools in front of you. I just don't know how to use the tools. So this person is, to me in my brain, I try to use them like, help me decipher this IKEA manual. Mm-hmm. I got the pieces. Yeah. I don't know how to build build the cupboard, but when you go, well, let's talk about cupboards in general. No. I don't want to talk about cupboards in general. I want to talk about this cupboard. See, that's where it's like I have. I want to. Work. See, I've
0: never had that experience. I've never had a therapist that was like, well, let's talk about childhoods in general. Like I've, my therapist has always been very much like, well, he's he's always very like well, what do you want to talk about today? And usually I have a list. Usually I have a list of stuff. I'm like, I had a weird dream. I got mad at this and I'm frustrated with this. And like, I just have this list of things or like this really good thing happened and I can't be happy about it for some reason or the next. And yeah, like I go, I definitely go in there with a a thing I want to talk about. But I think the fun part of therapy for me is always connecting the dots and my therapist going, oh, you do this because I remember what you told me about your father and no, oh my God, that's true. Like, I'm like, that is why I do it.
1: See, that, that's been my experience mostly.
0: Mm-hmm. Like,
1: I always feel like I'm orchestrating the conversation. For the first time I want to go in and I don't want to orchestrate, but I want somebody who understands that like, I'm not new to therapy. And I think that's the thing, like the way that they say um, you need to approach people at their understanding level. Well, you're not dealing with somebody who's like fresh to I've had many therapists over
0: Mm -hmm.
1: since I was like seven. So I don't need you to ease me in. I need you to let me know what your practice is, like what you do. And then basically let's create a plan that helps you know, whatever's going to help me. Because I don't want to go in and just sometimes I did find myself just with the list, but not coming out with a solution. I almost, that's my problem. I almost want to come out with a solution every single time.
0: Well, and that's the thing about therapy. There's not always an immediate solution. Like a lot of it is you're going to have to deal with this, this and this before you deal with the thing you want a solution for.
1: Right. And that's why I feel like the new person I mean, I want to find somebody who I can surrender control and they are always taking the lead. Yeah. It's not just, so how are you feeling today? No. So, you know, I know last time we talked about blah.
0: That. Well, I- like, yeah, that's a thing that you can actually, I mean, I'm sure you'll do it just tell the therapist that like, this is what I'm looking for in a therapist right now. I need somebody who's going to, just like how you said it right now, it was perfect because I can see it in my head. I can see you in somebody's office and then them being like, okay, well, this is what we talked about last week. Do you want to expand on that? Let's talk about that. And then if you want to bring up something that's more pressing, then you bring it up.
1: Yes, that's exactly what it is. I also need to start figuring out, this is something important, and this is like the levels of therapy um, where again, if you come from, uh, cultures where you're new to this, the biggest thing is to find somebody you're comfortable with and somebody you uh, trust, right? Um, and trust meaning in vibes because in all honesty, uh, a licensed therapist, there should be the confidentiality. That That's just- yeah.
0: the And you're I, right about the vibes too. Like, but Like for me personally, I'm glad I have the therapist that I have because he's straightforward and honest and doesn't let me bullshit him. I think if I had somebody that coddled me I it would have really stunted my growth because a lot of people I feel like go for these therapists and they're, you know, they want to find out stuff about themselves, but they don't want it to be too hard. So they tend to lean towards the therapists that are more coddling and more give into, you know, whatever their bad habits are. And it's like, look, I know you have this and I know you do that. So I'm gonna be softer with you. And I'm like, no, I need somebody to say, cut the shit, Gina. And that's basically what my therapist, my therapist will stop me when he knows I'm bullshitting him.
1: You see, that's so funny because that's like, that goes very much with your character, right? Yeah. Where I need somebody who is equally quick because my therapist, one thing, one of my aha moments with my last therapist was she was the person who said, "Um, do you realize that your thought process is probably working faster than a majority of the people you know? And I was like, What do you mean? And she goes, this is not about intelligence. She goes, you are thinking a mile a minute. You can think about something and then start thinking about something else and literally have full-on thought processes. And then you know how to communicate them. She goes, so while the other person is still digesting the information, you've already, you know, bing, bang, boomed it. She Mm -hmm. goes, your thought process actually um, works much, so much quicker than other people that I could see those people thinking you either think you know better, but it's just, you've thought it out in a very small amount of time. She goes, or, um, they never feel quick enough in a conversation with you. And so I go, um, now that I think about it, what I need out of a therapist is also somebody who's pretty quick because I'm really good at is the producer in me really good at questions? They bring something up, I'll go. I almost have a follow-up. I'll be like, Well, why do we think that is? <laughs> like, I'm
0: very that. Well, so why do we think that is? And your therapist's like, that's my I'm supposed to, I was supposed to say that to you, and you just you stole my line. She stole my line. She did my line. I was supposed to do it. I didn't, I didn't know I was supposed to do it. I love those aha moments in therapy because I feel like, and there are good ahas and there are bad ahas. Like there are definitely aha moments where like, I've been like, oh damn, like I've left therapy like, oh damn. And and that stuff is good to know about yourself because there's something about self-awareness that is, I mean, it's so good for growth when you become self-aware, but it's also like A narcissist will never become self-aware because the pain of being self-aware to them would destroy them. Like, I realized that in therapy and I was like, just having been with a narcissist and just being like, this person could never admit the fault on their part. Never. Mm -hmm. Because if they were to self-reflect and look inside and actually see all of the things they did and all the trauma they caused, it would destroy them to have that much truth.
1: Yes, I mean, I went to therapy with somebody who was like he was like a mild narcissist, you know, like the mild sauce at Taco Bell.
0: <laughs> he was like a medium narcissist, like he. It was hot. He wasn't the habanero sauce. He was like regular. He was like Cholula. Yes,
1: he was that. He was just a little bit of
0: picante,
1: a little bit, you know, like two two fires, not the four. He was
0: two. He was two percent, two percent narcissist.
1: Two flame. That was it. Going to therapist, uh, therapist, going to therapy with a, nar- with a mild narcissist, you see, because you like, I don't know how to explain this. You see a different version of it. Cause there's one thing being in a relationship with them and being on your own and, you know, an individual conversation, but then having a third person in the room. Right, and having the same argument, the same situation. So uh we got cut off. We had a little bit of technical difficulties, yes. we were talking about therapy. Wonder, like,
0: red flags Hold on one second, because I'm like, well, what is going on here? Red flags in other people, but like what about within your I swear for Jesus? My computer is fucking haunted. <laughs> my computer is like she is done with me. She is done with me. I apologize. That was our TikTok of the day, which is coming up shortly. Catherine, please finish your point.
1: No, just to say that, like, um, when it comes to therapy, you know, I feel like it's very individual. Um, it, it, if it's something you're looking to get into, um, just make sure it's the right for you. It's like it's like um finding a pair of jeans. It's got to be the right fit, and you know what? Like, I think that. In the end, it's, you know, going to help you if that's what you're looking for. If you're looking for help. If you're looking, I mean, even if you're just looking to spill your guts at somebody, well, that also can do the job. Mm-hmm.
0: 100%. Make sure you find the right fit. Maybe sh- Make sure you're not in the um, sisterhood of the traveling pants of therapists. Make <laughs> sure you find the right fit for you. But that does actually bring us nicely into our TikTok of the day, which is from Veronica. Call day? Veronica call day? Veronica, it's Veronica K-A-L-L-D-A-Y. Veronica day. Um, and she uh she had this really great TikTok. I don't know if you want, do you want to read it or you want me to take a stab at it?
1: <laughs> it's um so she says it's very quick. Do you ever wonder what red flags you give off when you're dating? We always talk about red flags in other people, but what are what about within yourself? what are, what's the thing about you personally that another, that the, for another person is like ah run and then that when i saw that tiktok it made me think well what are our red flags that we notice or someone else has pointed out about boss
0: mm. this gonna be hard uh i i feel like i have many honestly i feel like i have many red flags um I think one of my biggest ones that a lot of people point out all the time is my temper. That's probably one of the biggest red flags. I have a very bad temper. Like I have a punch the wall, flip a table, cuss someone out immediately temper. Like when I get mad. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas there are other people who can like remain calm and argue, argue reasonably or talk reasonably. If I'm upset or if you hit a, if you hit a nerve, I go from zero to a hundred within seconds where it's like, wow, she did not need to get that angry over this. And that's probably the biggest one besides jealousy. But my jealousy was only a problem when I was with a narcissist. I'm, in my opinion, I'm reasonably jealous now where it's like, if I feel like you're disrespecting my relationship, then I'm upset. But Mm -hmm. it's no longer just because you're a female hanging out with a guy that I'm with. It's like now I'm like you you have to really I have to see that you're overstepping you, cuz a lot of guys don't even see when a female is overstepping but like we know. We know when a girl is trying to flirt, we know when a girl is. And sometimes I think guys willfully ignore that, but for me it's like you really have to show that you're trying to disrespect. It's no longer just what it used to be which was, oh, you standing next to a girl, I'm gonna stab that hoe.
1: Oh wow.
0: Yeah, it used to be really bad, but only when I was with uh, the narcissist. Everybody, every other boyfriend I've had, I was never really huge on jealousy. Wow. But those would be the two biggest ones, I think, my temper and jealousy. Mm,
1: And those are things you noticed or that other people pointed out?
0: Other people pointed out the jealousy. Um, The temper thing is definitely something that it has been pointed out to me before. You know, like even my husband's like, I've like, you got really like unnecessarily mad. Like that is, you did not have to get that upset about this. And then sometimes I'll realize that afterwards. I'm like, that was really OD. I did not need to do that. Um, so it's, it's something I'm working on, but I still get a little Hulk smashy when I get mad.
1: Hulk smash.
0: Gino smash. <laughs>
1: Um, my red flags, I have none, ladies and gentlemen.
0: Wow. Okay,
1: first one, denial.
0: <laughs> and we have our first red flag. She is delusional, folks.
1: Delusional. delusional, Um, I guess things that I, I mean, I guess I could say, pointed out and I myself have come to the conclusion. Um. I don't think this is a red flag, but I can see why people think it's a red flag. So it's my over analytical nature. And I understand that the problem is you could get loop stuck in a loop of of thinking, right? And like, it's not about never solving, it's just like thinking leading to more, thinking leading to more, like, when are you gonna chill? Like, yeah. why do you not think, right? Um, Now, the reason why I don't think it's a problem is because I, I'm almost at the same time as a partner, the kind of person who you want by your side, if we ever got lost in the woods, because I'm always thinking of the next solution. Mm -hmm. I'm always like, okay, yeah, well, let's get to the, you know what I mean? Um, But my thing is they're having no mental chill. And that's a red flag to men, especially because I am um, straight. Because men, no matter who they are, like to chill mentally. Mm-hmm. That's that's the first one. So that's a red flag for men. Um, the second is my suspicion. How suspicious I am! Like I, it's not that I don't have trust. It's that I'm always watching before I move. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of uh, I, I like to think that a lot of the men I've come across are, whether it's true or not, they're positive, like very, like, uh, I'm very positive about my uh, uh, outlook on the world and other people, even if it's a front, that's what I've gotten a lot. And yet I am not negative, but I'm hesitant. So I'll be like, I, I, the, the jury's up. That Mm. can be a red flag to a man because they then think, is the jury still out for even me? Mm. And it's like, possibly. Like we haven't deserved. You know what I mean? It's a hung jury right now. And so that's a second red flag. It's my um, hesitation slash apprehensiveness that looks like negativity. Mm. That's how it presents itself. Um, Another thing, this one's more societal um good no that's not a good word uh healthy men uh don't who who don't want to exploit a person um don't like uh, uh there's you could tell there's men who are like oh you got daddy issues like you had a missing daddy mm-hmm. use that now i'm gonna, i'm gonna talk about the ones who aren't like that There's two kinds that aren't like that. There's the ones that take you for who you are and how you are, regardless of society, very few and far. And then there's the ones who go, well, I came from a nuclear family and you did not. So there must be something wrong with you. And that's the word, wrong. Rather than different, it's wrong. So my other red flag is actually the structure I was raised into right? Being from a single mother, having a single mother who had um, four different daughters from four different men. Men see that as a red flag because then they think something about me. There's an assumption. Um, So that one's less about my person and more about my circumstance. Like, you know what I mean? But it's still seen as a red flag because then they go, oh, so you didn't even grow up with a mother who was married? Do you believe in marriage? And when I'm very like, well, you know, it's dis- it's a point of discussion. Um, I don't fit this mold of what a woman should be. So it's a red flag, you know, for some.
0: Mm. Interesting. Look at us being all honest with ourselves and our red flags or most of them. I'm going to save the real bad ones for myself. Y'all don't need to know me like that. Damn. Y'all do not need to know me like that. Let's oh. jump into our dear Gina um, Uh, this one is wow. All right. Dear Gina, what do you do when two important people in your life don't get along? You stay the thick out of it. Um, me personally, I don't know. I don't always like being the middleman in a, in a thing like that because I mean, whose side do you take? You love both of the people. Like you care about both of the people. Um, It comes down to, I think, a very open conversation between all three parties where it's like you have to say, look, I know you guys are not getting along, but this is really affecting me because I care about you both. So Mm -hmm. if we can't squash whatever this beef is, then maybe it's best that the two of you don't interact anymore. But I still want to remain friends with both of you, because one thing that I don't like doing is like. Like, if you had a problem with somebody, it's like, if that person has never given me a problem, does that mean that I now have to have a problem with that person? Off the strength where I'm like, that's kind of childish. I can support you in the fact that you have a problem with this person, but if they've never done anything to me, all I can do is defend you. I can't, like, harm that person or make that person feel bad. That doesn't mean that there's part of me that doesn't want to if one of my friends is hurting. But... I have a real issue being mean just for the sake of being mean to somebody or like making somebody, erasing somebody from my life just because they have a problem with somebody else because I don't think that's really fair. I may lessen the amount of time I talk to a person out of respect for my Mm -hmm. other friend, but... I can't block somebody out completely because I don't think it's fair to that person that's never given me a problem. It's really difficult when you have these problems depending on how closely knit your friends or family are. Because this, um, I've had this happen in my family where there are two people that I'm like, I love you both, but oh my God can the two of you just not, not be in the same room together, not be talking, just it's terrible. And I can't stand it because it it rips my heart out to know that these two people that I care about can't even be in the same room without bickering or fighting or yelling at each other. Um, So I think the best way to handle this, um, in my opinion, would be to have a very open conversation with both parties about how their negativity is affecting you and what you need to do to honestly protect yourself, to protect your energy and to protect your happiness. Because if you're in the middle of these two people, that's not fun. That back and forth is not fun. And it's definitely affecting everything about you in terms of your energy and even your brain power. Like I only have a certain amount of brain power daily. I cannot give you that slot if it's all about drama. And- I think that's really important because I don't think people spend enough time protecting themselves. Yeah. So, I mean, that's my take on it, Kat. I'll let you take a stab at it.
1: I kind of, I'm, I'm, you know, siding with you on this. Like, they're both important people. um, And at the end of the day, you are responsible for yourself and you have to consider yourself first. But here's the thing. I will say that it's situation-based because, like, I, I agree that, You know, maybe person A did something to person B, but person A has never done anything to you Mm -hmm. to that degree. But I would look at the situation and ask myself, is it that person A did something to person B because of an individual situation? Or is it that person A did something to person B that they would do to anyone, including Mm -hmm. me, right? So I would really look at the situation, hear them both out and, and almost require a reason from both because here's the thing if you got person a and person b and they're both like equally like no i'm good on the other person before you have that conversation where you bring them together you need to have individual conversations but if person a or person b is more hesitant to even talk to you well that right there is telling you something as well because if 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 only one is willing to not even, I'm not even talking about if they're willing to see each other. I'm talking about are they willing to even talk to you as this middleman. If one is not willing, then I'm not saying side more with the other, but you have no choice, but to understand the other one more because the other one's giving you the open space to understand them. So that's where I would start. Talk to both of them first, see where they both stand, ask the appropriate questions and, and, I think you have the right to um, be a little nosy, right? Like, yeah, but why'd you do that? If the person's like, that's none of your business, then I don't need to be involved in this off top. Because if it's none of my business, then I don't need to defend you. Yeah.
0: You know
1: what I'm saying? But I think that if they both want to be in your life, then they will be willing to give you their reasoning. I'm not saying do that so that you can play middleman. Yeah. So that when you bring them together, when you, if you can bring them together, you know where you stand. Morally, this is how I look at what happens. This is what I agree with. This is what I don't agree with. I still care for both of you, you know, but this is what I have to decide for me. You can't do that without knowing where everybody stands, including if um, both of them are ever going to be willing to work it out. You need to have that answer.
0: No, you're right. You are right. Definitely talking to both the individual parties. Look at us solving problems and stuff, yo. Yo, um, no, I, th- I I agree with you 100. I think you're right. Having the and you're right about if that if one party if one party party if one, party if one party if one party did not want to talk to you if one party did not want to talk to you then that party
1: that party
0: you do not need to talk to that party anymore. That party is done. You are done with that person, and that's that. <laughs> i don't know where that accent came from but you're welcome uh all right that brings us to the end Catherine, tell the lovely people where they can find you you can
1: find me on instagram and tiktok at Catherine g mendoza twitter's kathy brace 24
0: you can find me at g brion on instagram at 80 on TikTok. Check out The Floor is Lava on Amazon. And I'll have some uh, more stuff coming up soon. And I can't wait to tell you guys about it. Until then, uh, you guys know I love to sign off the show with a piece of advice my mom gives me to this day. When life throws a lot at you, handle it one catastrophe at a time, people. Until next time, deuces. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye swimming it like david okay. Woo. Yeah, do it like that yeah. You the kind of chick that's ready to fight back yeah. Looks damn good but really she tight bad mm-hmm. Go to sleep I call him a night cat night. Born killer You a born killer don't mm. get him gone gone get him mm.